hello, and thank you so much for joining us again. I am the Grey Knight, and today, well, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It is not going to be your standard story or two. It is, in fact, not going to be a written story at all. It's just going to be me talking to you about what happened before we get into the questions. It's something that I thought maybe you would want to hear on this podcast instead of an update being typed out on the blog or what have you, and I am looking forward to it very much, but I do want to ease you into it and say that just because it's not a story in the typical sense, just because it's not something that we're bringing the lights down low on and the cue music into, doesn't mean that you won't have a good time. I'm very, very much hoping that you do. Um. <laughs> so, I have to preface this story by saying uh, I'm currently in Europe, and I actually just finished the vacation portion of my trip. It's now officially a work trip, uh, besides uh, maybe a getaway or two, in very short order. And... Uh, as you may realize from this podcast, I'm fairly uptight, I'm fairly dominant, and I have my rules and my saying. But for those of you who don't know uh, me outside the podcast, you're not going to know this, but I've actually been uh, celibate for 2016. I wanted to focus on myself, and I wanted to really, really just become a better person, focus on the project, and I feel like I have. I feel like I'm in a much better position emotionally than I was at the start of this year. So I just, to make it easier to focus on therapy, to focus on writing, I just said, you know what, for now, no women, no relationships, and we'll put it at that. Well, If you do read on the blog every once in a while, you'll see that there are the occasional posters that say something very easy, very light, like, love you from Lisbon, or (laughs) uh, thank you for sending all of this wonderful stuff to Bolivia. You get the idea. And normally it's just very flattering to me, and in my mind I just see another little sword going into a globe in the country or city of their origin, and I say, yeah, I've reached another fan, that's fantastic. But occasionally, like this, like this retelling, uh, we'll go ahead and point out, it gets very interesting. So, I haven't told anybody where I went on vacation, either as my main travel hub, or any of the getaway cities or anything else. Most of them are rather big affairs, they're places you would go if you're not a local, but two of them were not. Two of them were very small, very quaint places that maybe even locals or residents around the area wouldn't typically go to. And that's where this story gets a little bit more interesting. You see, one of those messages, not an ask, but an IM on the Tumblr system, popped up. And it was just a very lovely, lovely message that said something along the lines of, Hello, thank you so much uh, for what you've done. 
and I hope you keep writing. And if you're ever in this very small town that you've just purchased tickets to, uh, look me up. Now, obviously she didn't know that I had purchased the tickets to this small, quaint area, but I had. In fact, I had done it uh, not even a couple of weeks beforehand, not even 14 days beforehand. So, I thought that was interesting, and I even feared in a bit of, fair, of uh, paranoia that I had gotten the wrong uh, address, that there must be multiple names of, of townships, <laughs> that this city or my the integrity of my computer had been compromised in some way, so... I asked my friends if they were putting me on. I I asked my tour guide if he had let the information loose. I scrubbed my system for spyware. And sure enough, it just happened to be a coincidence. Now, I don't want to give away too many details about where this place is, but it does contain less than 10,000 people. So when you think about traveling to all these locations in the world, and not really going to any small ones, and then a 10,000-person location, or less even, and one of those people wants to see you, and you just happen to be there. Even if you are rather stingy with your time, even if you are rather held away from the world, as I am, wouldn't you at least entertain the possibility wouldn't you say, oh, well, I, I have to make an exception. I mean, I'm only mortal. Well, I didn't. <laughs> but what I did do is talk to them briefly. Just not let them know that I was coming there, but just wanted to get a feel. And they turned out to be very nice and not at all uh, flirty or sexually aggressive, just very nice. And it was very pleasant going back and forth between me and this woman. And I realized that I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her company. And then a fantasy started boiling up in that way that's very difficult to describe. But it's the kind of fantasy that slowly arises. It's the kind of fantasy about somebody that you can't have. You know, when you're together with someone and you like them and you would never cheat, but then you see somebody else who's very, very interesting and you like them, and there's that draw. That, that opens a very different door than when you're available, when you're capable, and you find someone you're attracted to. They're very different doors. They open in very different ways. And so the slow door was opened on this woman, and I started doing research on the town, and I started looking, and I started just peeking around. How many bars did they have? How many hotels? How many camping areas on the outskirts? What are my odds of just, you know, I can't, I can't agree to meet her. I can't tell her I'm going to be there. But what are the odds 
that I could just bump into her organically. It would be very difficult to tell, of course, because like so many lovely women on the internet, she didn't include her face in the pictures she sent me. <laughs> but I figured that makes it even more fun, doesn't it? Ooh, is that her? Ooh, is that her? Ooh, is that her? So, I kept thinking about this town and how I was going to go there no matter what. I mean, I'd already purchased the tickets. How nobody could blame me, even a little, if we just met up on accident. That's not breaking your vows. So, things progressed. We kept talking. She kept wondering why I was talking to her, why I was asking her questions, etc., etc. And finally, she either very, very slyly or very, very accidentally, like the whole thing, asked me if I would like to see her new haircut, which I, of course, agreed to, assuming, truly assuming at the time, that she was going to show me a back-of-the-head shot. But instead, she showed me her face. And so now, unfortunately, I had a face and a first name and a time that I would be there, and a vague idea of where she worked, hence me googling how many bars are in this area. <laughs> so what do you do with that? What do you do with that temptation? What do you do knowing? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I just said, out of the blue... What are your plans between these two dates? And she said, and then she asked, and I said, oh, nothing, I'll just be traveling. And she didn't even pick up a little bit on it. And I felt, I felt this desire rising up in me. I felt this kind of giddiness, this kind of, I hold all the cards, I know all the secrets, I have everything that I need. But I also convinced myself that I was still in control. I also convinced myself that everything would be fine. And I did the entire way there. I said, you know what, it's fine. I'm just going to see her while she's at work. She's not going to know who I am. I'm just going to be another tourist. Hell, I even have the cover of being here with a local. Everything will be fine. This will be fine. And we went. And I saw her. And she was very, very, very pretty sure. I won't pretend otherwise. I like pretty women. Who doesn't? But she was happy. And when I looked at her, I smiled. And I don't mean like I smiled at her so she could see me smiling. I mean, looking at her made me smile. And smiling made me want her more and more. 
and I don't think she ever looked at me twice, not really. She was busy, sure. Uh, but, as I said, she was very pretty, and there was no shortage of attention being paid her away. <laughs> and I felt this pit of frustration and anger open up when a very handsome co-worker was flirting with her, or at least making her laugh from a distance, and she was going along with it. It's very funny how contrast like that, at least for me personally, can really clarify what's going to happen next. And what happened next is that I had one too many, and I made my way up to the bar, and I said hello, and I asked her about how things were going, and she was just very polite and asked me how I was enjoying Europe, what brought me to the area, etc., etc., apologized for her English, you know the drill. And I just couldn't help myself. You see, when I'm out and about in the world, I don't talk like this. This is a, a voice that I put on. And it's not something that you'd recognize if you were ever hearing me talk from the next scene over. But I don't know if it was the jealousy or the alcohol or anything else. But when the patron to the right of me excused himself so that it was just me and two empty seats in either way and she was passing by, I threw on the voice and I said, the thing that she put in her very first message to me when she was sending me those pictures, I said, isn't this a lovely gift. And she stopped cold. <laughs> she stopped dead. And that, that in and of itself would be a gift, let me tell you. That in and of itself was pretty great. But the look she gave me right after was even better. And she said, in kind of a frustrated, kind of high-pitched voice, that I must be wearing my new glasses, because I had mentioned to her earlier that I was going to go glasses shopping. And I said, yes, they're all shiny and new. And then she seemed to be able to regain a little bit, so she was doing her duties, and she came back, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked. And when it was time to go home, I knew that she didn't have work the next day from asking her what her plans were. And so I asked her if she would give me, you know, just the local tour of things. So I begged off from my friend, uh, who truly didn't have any idea what was going on, I think. He was just happy to be out of the house. He's, a, he's a, a father for the second time, newly, and uh, 
was just happy to be out, man. He really was. <laughs> uh, so we walked around. She told me about his statue. I wasn't really listening, not gonna lie, and everything else. And then she asked the simplest question in the world. Why me? And I'm very familiar with the question. I ask it all the time of you guys. All the time. There are so many guys out there that would kill for your attention who just would love for you to send them the same affection, the pictures, the emails, anything that you send me. Why me? And all I could think was, because you're here. I didn't say that, of course. It's not a very charming line, but I didn't want to say because it was meant to be. That's just terrifying, and I'm not sure it's true to begin with. Could just be the luck of it. Could just be the odds. But I said somewhere in between the two, and I said something that was true, and I said that you make me laugh. And I also said that I didn't think much else was going to happen if that was okay. And she said in a very quick, very clipped way, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> so remember, girls, always be confident. So we walked a little bit further, and we talked. She asked me where I was sleeping, and I told her. And then she said, well, this is me, not shortly after. She waved up to an apartment. Very nice little rustic kind of cottages going on there. She asked me in. And I still, I still at this point think, you know what? I'm in control. This will be fine. So we go up her little a cobblestone path. We get inside a door that she has to open with her hip. And she doesn't have tea. And she doesn't have beer. <laughs> so we do a shot or two. Or three. And we talk about the shows that we're enjoying. That we're watching right now. And she asked me about my favorite books. And it's just very nice and very pleasant and very civil. And then she sits just a little too close to me. Just a little too close. So I wrap my arm around her, just kind of automatically. And she sits even closer. And then we're together and we're looking in each other's eyes. And there's no longer any excuse or any pretense. And we kiss. And it's long. And it's slow. And it's lovely. And it doesn't deepen, thankfully. It's just a kiss. But then I put my hand on the back of her neck, and it's harder kissing. And then our mouths open. And then we're closer and closer and closer. And our tongues are pushing and the other hands are coming in. And we're starting to swim up and down each other. Just glide. Just 
just touch as much surface as possible. Then again, it feels wonderful. And it's been quite some time for me, and I don't know how long for her. But she doesn't seem like the kind of girl who does this a lot. So, clothing starts coming off. Looks start being a little less passionate and a little bit more intimate and embarrassed and humane, and it's wonderful. And I pull her against me after she's topless, and for a little while we just talk again. We just talk until she shifts position and jumps in my lap, and then we talk a little bit longer. And it's really cozy, and it's really nice. I just start rubbing her shoulders, and I don't know why, but her neck droops a little, and I realize this is really going to happen. And I don't know what it is about that, but something about her neck bobbing down in front of me made it crystal, crystal clear. This is going to happen. So I'm glad that even though I told myself that everything was going to be under control and betterment, yada, 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 that, in fact, I did have condoms. And I just start, I don't know how else to describe it, but molesting her, just my hands all over her breasts, up and down her thighs, everywhere that I could get them, just touching, touching, touching. Ah. It was pretty fantastic. And that's before anything started. And so I asked her to turn back toward me because she at this point is real buttoned up and quiet. And she does. And we talk a little bit like that, although she's still clearly very embarrassed. We just go over a few things about like what it would mean to go forward. I just want to be very clear, I like you, uh, I am leaving in two days, etc., etc. And she's all aboard. She's into it, man. Yeah, I get it, of course, no big deal. You don't even have to say this. I know you're American, but that's not how it works over here, etc., etc. And finally, she says that she's very wet, but... Uh, it may take some work, because even though she's very aroused, uh, she's also very nervous. And I think, of course, this isn't a story. This is very much real life, and of course I've come across that before. Uh, so we just relax, and we get into it, and uh, I, I kind of spin her to the side, so that she's sitting on me like you might uh, Santa's lap a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and I push a ping finger in, and it's real easy, and it's light, and just, you know, light laughter and kissing the skin that's near me and using the other free hand to pull her in and clinch her against me, and it's fantastic. And it's been so long since I've, I've felt a pussy, right? It's been nearly a year. And... You just forget how much you enjoy it, I guess, or at least I do. 
And I also forget how naturally it occurs to me in a way that might confuse or, or disorient others how naturally of a commander I am, how naturally I'll just say, do this, do that, without really thinking about it. And so I tell her just to spread her legs, and they they jump open like a like a commanding officer gave an order. And I tell her to lean back into me, and she does. And slowly but surely, we try different little bits of positions and speeds until she comes. And I really, 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 really like making my partners come. Uh, and preferably, I like to do it before there's any kind of of penetration. Not only is it a lot of fun, not only do I want them to enjoy it, but I've also found that it really, for a large amount of women it seems, takes the pressure off. You know, now any other orgasms are just for the fun of it. And uh, what can I say? I, I like a partner who's somewhere between engaged and relaxed. So I'm feeling it, and she's feeling it. And I just, I haven't been alone with a woman like this in a long time. And I don't mean a woman like a woman like she was. I mean alone like this with a woman. So I'm actually a little bit nervous, and it's taking its toll on me performance-wise. This is not something that you'll hear in every story that I do uh, for certain, <laughs> but I kept being, being stuck somewhere around a half erection, and uh, when she's asking me, like, why aren't we going to the next level, I'm just honest with her. And I just say that straight up, that it has nothing to do with her, but I'm having a little bit of trouble just because of the nerves of the situation and the booze and everything else. I'm having a little trouble getting fully erect. Uh, staying fully erect, really. And she's very, very like, eager and into it. Not not like it's a fetish, but like, oh, do you want a blowjob? Oh, do you want me to, do you want to do, do you want to put something on the TV? Uh, <laughs> and I said, no, just, just give it some time and just come back in here and, and uh, kiss me a little bit. And she obliged. And we kiss for a little bit, and then we go to the bedroom, and we lie down, and we strip, and we kiss some more. And uh, after after being too stuck in my own head for a little while, uh, it felt really nice, felt really even, and I felt ready. And I guided her hand down to the base of my cock, and she started very carefully, very carefully, very tenderly, uh, stroking me up and down, and almost like in awe. Now, this is in darkness. She's not seeing anything. Uh, but she's she's doing it with a kind of reverence that is unusual. And it feels very nice, because I may have been out the game for a little while, but I haven't been out for that long that someone's going to stroke my cock in a way I've never 
gotten it before, or so I thought, but it was worth noting, and I want you to keep it in mind. There was a kind of not worshipping me, um, but just real presence of mind while she was stroking me. And she said a lot of things about it that were all very flattering that I don't particularly agree with and so will not repeat here, but goodness bless her for doing it. <laughs> it was just what I needed at the time. It was uh, emotional Viagra, if you will. So she again cautions that she's aroused, but, you know, let's, let's be real easy about this, and I agree. And I kiss her, and I start pushing in, and ooh, she gasps. So we take it slow for a little bit, and then we go again. And then we take it slow for a little bit, and then we go again. And then after I'm all the way in, it's real easy. Um, quite possibly one of the slowest sessions I've ever had in my life. Just, just in, out. Almost like meditative breaths. And she's still like that the entire way she's being penetrated. And it feels wonderful. And she's feeling, as far as I can tell, wonderful. Because she's not shy about going, ooh, wait a second, or ooh, 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 not yet. So she's into it. I, 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 everything I can read says that she is. And eventually her arms come up around me. And one of my hands gets under her, and we're just in, out. And I slowly begin picking up the pace. In, out. In, out. And it is wonderful. And I can't see her, but I can, I can hear her smiling. I don't know how else to say it. But then that same feeling that begins to arise when you really listen to your body, when you listen to it like an animal, ooh, that feeling started to come up again. Almost jealous of yourself in a way, like, why would you take it so slow? And I start going faster and harder, and she starts gasping holding herself against me. And we continue. And we're going. And we're going. And we're going. And I hit that point long before the point where you can't stop. Long before it. But something in a just says, you have to fucking come. Like, this is, this is amazing. This is such a good experience. Delve in. Dive in like a waterfall. And so I start going for it. And much to my surprise, she orgasms almost instantly right after that. Very atypical from my experience. But she does. And of course, that turns me on. So I start going. And I start going as hard as I goddamn can. And thankfully, that orgasm of hers really loosened her up. Because she's just, she's just 
not growling, but she's just making very pleasant noises beneath me. And I push, and she contracts, and I come, and it's just fantastic. Top-notch, would would rate 5 out of 5 on Yelp. Uh, It was very, 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 very good. And then we lie a little bit, and we talk, and she... You know, ask me if that's the way I always go about it. And I say, no, it was a bit slow. And she goes, well, I'm feeling much more loose now, etc. Could you go a little bit harder next time? And I didn't even know if there was going to be a next time, frankly. And I agree. So after a little while of of kissing and talking, uh, we try again. And this time, immediately from the get-go, she's right. She's much more loosened up. And we start. And right away, it is different. Right away, her her legs are open wider, and her hands are sinking into me, and she's calling me daddy, and she's asking for more. And it's fantastic. And it's fantastic, and we probably fucked, pure pen- penetration-wise, five times as much, in half the time before uh, we come again. And I'm lying there in absolute bliss after this fact, just really, 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 really happy. And she seems pretty content as well. We're not doing it like the movies where her head's on my sweaty-ass chest either, but it's cozy. And it's nice. And then she turns to me and she says, I can't believe after everything that you've said that you actually met up with a fan. And I expressed my shock and surprise as well. And she goes, yes, but then of all the fans, it's me. And I said, well, it's a small world, it's a small town, I can't believe it either, but yeah, pretty amazing, right? And I just feel very connected with her, and I lace my hands together with hers, and she looks me right in the eyes and says, yes, but I can't believe that you made an exception, because I thought you were so adamant about never fucking a virgin. And that is the end of the story for now. I hope you enjoy the questions. And hello and forgive my clicks. It's going to be an interesting question time. Hope you did enjoy the story this week. Up first we have a question from Meg. Hey Jack. Hello. Uh it's been a while since I sent in any questions to it the podcast. Has. After the coming soon episode, I think that was episode 32, uh, I managed to think of a few. Um, a couple of them relate sort of to that podcast. Exciting. Uh, one was when you're not getting frisky at the movies. <laughs> uh, are you a popcorn person? You know, do you want popcorn? Because I know. You've said before, candy, sweets, not your thing. 
But what about popcorn? And if you get popcorn, you know, butter, no butter, or I guess fake butter on your popcorn. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm going to assume that's the end of that question there. So I actually, while I'm not a sweet person in general, uh, I do want a candy bar and a cherry Coke when I go and see a movie. Yeah, that's my jam. Uh, they don't have cherry Coke here, so I get a Coke Zero instead. I don't drink a lot of diet soda inside the house, so it's always very nice. I guess question two, which pertains both to the movies and the theater. Mm. When you go, do you want to sit in the front, in the back, somewhere in the middle? I guess, you know, are you a mezzanine loge kind of person? First balcony, <laughs> second balcony? Uh, orchestra seating? Uh, that's a lot of questions all in one. Sorry. And do you want to sit on the aisle or do you want to be smack dab in the middle of the block of seats? I want to be back center. I want to be back center. That's the place for me. Uh, I'm always kind of away from everything anyway because of my, my tall and silent nature. So my nature's not tall. I'm tall and I have a silent nature. And so I want to... I want to be back and observing, and I have a wonderful time that way. I had to see The Force Awakens practically in orchestra seating. That was no bueno. And then, I guess, I don't know what question we're on now, because that was a lot of questions all in one. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever question number we're on now, on a totally different topic, um, when you're outside stargazing, because you know, the Perseid meteor showers just finished up last week, are you any good at finding constellations? I love to look at the stars, but I'm sucky at actually finding most constellations. Anyway, uh, thanks for all you do. Take care, and uh, bye. Thank you so much, Meg. It's always good to hear from you. Um, no, I'm not good at seeing constellations at all. I look up at the sky. I see the stars, and they all just look like little squiggly lines to me. And I just got new glasses, so I can't blame it on that. So no, do not trust me to shepherd you back from darkness, as it were. Uh, if we're ever stuck alone, uh, better pray for a quick death. Up next we have Marcy Pan. Marcy Pan. Hi, Jack. Hello. Um this is the first time I believe I'm sending a question to you and I have got a bit of a sore throat unfortunately so I do apologise for that. Um, but I had three questions and the first one uh, is if you were trapped on an island and you could only take one book with you, what would you take? Um, the book would be titled How the Fuck to Get Off This Island. Uh, my second question is what's the weirdest dream you've ever had? And my last I had a dream once that was kind of like an apocalypse dream where everybody was kind of going mad around me and was slowly going insane for no reason. Uh, and I had to escape, and I sealed myself in one of those big metal shipping containers. And then the dream ended with me realizing that I was the only one insane, uh, and I had some kind of like carbon monoxide poison or something that made me a lunatic and i woke up and i was like god damn dream that was that was pretty great subconscious that was like a whole three-act structure and everything and i still marvel at how 
my subconscious put together a better screenplay than I can do when I'm awake sometimes. One is, are you like a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person? Um, that's all of them, and I really hope you have a wonderful day. Well, thank you so much, especially for sending in the first series of questions. Um, I'd like to think that I'm a glass-as-is person, that I'm a realist, but the the older I get, the more I realize uh, realism is just cynicism that we're not willing to admit to others. Oh, man. All right, up next, knock on wood, it is Sarah, but you're going to hear me clicking a lot because, uh-oh, the workstation not as powerful. Here we go. Hi, Jack. Hello. Um, my name is Sarah, and first of all, I'm a super huge fan. Why, thank you, Sarah. I have listened to you every single podcast. Oh, my gosh. Once. You're so sweet. Slave Girl Toys. <laughs> um, and I was wondering, how is it you put yourself into the persona of each, I don't want to say each character you play as, but how do you put yourself into each story? Like, is there a process that you go through? Or is it different each time you narrate? Or what? <laughs> um, and my follow-up question? It is absolutely different each time I narrate a story. I've recently been pulling out uh, older stuff because I need a little time to settle in, like painting the sea at night, and reading something that I wrote as me that was that was actually never intended to be consumed by anybody. It made me realize how far I maybe have come in the last year and how much further I have to go because ultimately I want everything I write to sound like that, to have that strong of a voice. So what I do when I'm writing, it's not so much the recording, but when I'm writing these different pieces, especially when it's still a typhoon in my head, I very much want to get a kind of grounding tone, a single word that if I were to try and express what this piece was about to somebody, I had that one adjective, that one tone. Is it about compassion? Is it about control? Is it about need? that one word, and then I let that inform a lot of the writing, and then, of course, a lot of the character. Question, how is it you manage to get yourself going for <laughs> each piece? Um, okay. Thank you, and I'm a super big fan. Um, bye-bye. Thank you so much. Uh, put a big smile on my face. Uh, if you mean by get going, uh, by being aroused for it, I just listen to a voice like yours, or I look at one of the girls who have posted something to my blog. If you mean how do I get the motivation to see something through once I've had the idea, the answer is simply practice. I am not a particularly super motivated person. Um, I have developed a kind of discipline about seeing things through. And, and making sure that I keep to my own schedule. And it's not been easy. There's been a lot of hit or misses. I wish I could tell you that there was this one thing that I realized one day that I could change and everything got better. 
um, but that would be entirely a lie. It's been a battle. It still is a battle, and some days I still uh, get to Thursday limping and, and need to get through the whole day as, as well as I can. So don't despair because it looks a lot easier from the outside than it is on the inside. Just keep trying and do your very best to train yourself to get to the end of projects you try. I think that part's important because the, every project you finish, no matter how big or small, you're training yourself to say the end on this project. And again, I think that's very important. Thank you again, Sarah. And again, pardon the clicks and everything being a little bit more segmented than normal, but that's just how we go today. Up next, we have Squishy. There we go. Hello. Hello. I just wanted to know what your opinion on long-distance relationships was. <laughs> Do you think they work? Do you think they're worth it in the long run? Um, you may have already answered this before, Emma. I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast, but it's very, very good. Oh, thank I very you. much enjoy it, so do keep up the good work. Well, thank you kindly, and I just absolutely, I wish I could eat your accent. It's so delicious. Um, I think the generation that's coming up behind me, I'm 35 now, I think the generation that's coming up behind me, that the majority of them, the norm, is going to be one long-distance relationship at least, of a significant amount of time in their life. It just seems that's the way our current relationship with technology and information is. So it doesn't matter if I think it's a good thing or a bad thing or whatnot. It is, and it's happening, and it's happening more and more frequently. So the thing that I would stress to anybody who's in one, who's thinking that they're going to be in one or are currently in one, is just to enjoy it as best you can. To learn to be as whole and complete and giving person as you can be in an, a less than ideal situation. Because it is my belief that if you can be happy with yourself in a long-term relationship, uh, sorry, a long-distance relationship, also long-term, knock on wood, that it'll make it much easier to be happy and complete with that other person. And... That is not to say that you should settle or that you should get into one, but should you find yourself entertaining the possibility, by all means, take it as a challenge to be extra aware, extra kind of yourself. Okay, up next we have a question from Lady Dark Blossom 27 Greetings all the way from Australia. Hello. I hope you're enjoying yourself in Europe. I am. Your pieces are truly wonderful. Thank you. And you. you make both my dominant and submissive sides very happy. I, I'm just going to pause right there because this is utterly lovely, but doesn't it sound a little bit like she's a hostage? Happy. But I must know, what is your inspiration behind your BDSM erotic pieces? Have a good day, my... <laughs> I cut her off just a little bit early. Apologies for that. Thank you very, very much. I'm going to have a great day. I'm not going to let these rain clouds stop me. Um, my inspiration for BDSM pieces is primarily that I have lived that lifestyle and that I would be interested in doing so. Again, I find the connection that I have with my partners while being a dominant is really enthralling. 
and uh, it's intoxicating. So there's a kind of greed in it that I want to take this other person into this relationship where I feel powerful and secure. But then the uh, other devil on my shoulder also chimes in that it maybe benefits them as well because that's where I'm happy and most confident. So maybe I'm being a good boy by doing it. Up next we have a question by, look at me going slowly to buy out time. Am I doing that? No. It's Jenna's Radical. Hey, Jack. Hello. My name is Jenna, um, and I have a couple nerdy questions for you. Okay. Um, so the first question is, uh, when you watched E3 this year and saw Bethesda's The Elder Scrolls Legends <sighs> game come up on screen, kind of like Hearthstone, I guess, mm. um, I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, I personally did not like it. Uh, or I'm not too fond of it because I was like, really excited if they were going to tease a new Elder Scrolls RPG um, and not an online experience or <laughs> or anything like that. Um, and my second question... Oh, uh, sure. I was very disappointed. I actually live-blogged my disappointment and threatened to kill a cat. Uh, I didn't actually think the Legends unveiling, which is a card game that you play online, is a big deal. Everybody wants that... Uh, free-to-play uh, money stream income. All the big studios want it. Uh, I get that. What I thought was a kick in the teeth was Skyrim Remastered was just Skyrim Remastered. I get that maybe it's too technically involved to to remaster uh, Oblivion or, or Morrowind or, or Daggerfall with what's going on right now at their studio. I get it. But why wouldn't they add it? Why wouldn't they add just a city? Why wouldn't they add just a little extra smattering DLC on top of the remastered? And I don't understand. I don't understand. And then the heartbreaking news, if you're just joining us now, this is E3 Talk with Jack. Uh, the heartbreaking news is I read not so long ago that Pete Hines, uh, bigwig in the company, is going to... or is not going to. has said that they have two more big projects to reveal before they reveal Elder Scrolls 6. Now, the only good piece of information coming out of all that is that they have said that when they do reveal Elder Scrolls 6, it's not going to be as uh, long of a wait. It's going to be more of a fallout calendar where they announce it and then we have it in seven months. So fingers crossed for that. And then fingers also crossed that one of these two as-of-yet-revealed projects is a spin-off for Fallout 4, kind of a New Vegas thing, so that really only takes us to one major project in between the two, because they'll have a different studio working on that effectively. Oh my god, I'm such a nerd. Is, um, what video game is your favorite of like all time, <laughs> and what your favorite genre is, or if you have a favorite game of each genre? Okay. Well, that's all I have for my questions. I don't want to keep rambling and sound like I'm leaving a terrible voice message. Um, anyway, have yourself a wonderful day. Keep doing what you're doing because you're giving so many people positivity and light. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Well, thank you. Gosh, that ended on such a sweet, such a high note. Uh, not not to sound like a Maya bird, but in fact, I... Uh, my favorite game series of all time is Elder Scrolls. It jumps around which iteration, but I love Elder Scrolls, hence me being so informed on it. Uh, again, also the fact that I'm a giant fucking nerd. 
And when I do stuff like this, it makes me aware of it. Uh, up next, ooh, I just said Maya Bird, and hopefully this is doesn't cause any squawking. Up next is Maya. Hi, Jack. Hello. It's Maya. Hi. Um, this is my first time asking you questions for your podcast. Hooray! And I've been sitting here for the past 25 minutes just like sweaty and nervous about recording no. this. No. But I'm just going to do it. So okay. here goes. I have two questions for you. Let's and do it. I apologize if they've been asked or answered before. Let's, we've got uh, this. The first go. one is, how do you like to style your facial hair? Do you like it to just be stubble or Gandalf style or just a goatee? <laughs> And the second first question, uh, I do like to keep a pretty neat beard, uh, by which I mean, if you have an electric razor with one of those beard guards that goes one through 10, I like to keep the length right around a nice little one. Uh, I like a short beard and then I style it on top of that, shaving a few places in. So it's pretty well groomed. I have a fairly well groomed beard. Second question is. I guess a little bit more of a naughty question. Um, have you ever been a phone sex operator? Just asking because it seems like something you might be well <laughs> suited for. I don't know why I think that. I just do. Um, so if you have, how was it? And if you have not, is that something you would consider doing for work? Um, but yeah, that's all the questions I have. I wanted to say thank you for everything that you do from everything I've heard on your podcast and seen on your Tumblr. It sounds like you make your fans feel really good about themselves, confident and beautiful, myself included. So Aww. thank you for what you do and have a good day. Thank you so much. I've got a big blushy smile going on right now. That was a little overload of sweetness. Uh, no, I have never been a phone sex operator. Yes, I would absolutely uh, uh, pay for play 100% as a phone sex operator. I've considered doing it with cams as well. Huh. Um, yes, I have done that. Uh, have considered that. I have not, like I just said, been a phone sex operator, but I did work in a Victoria's Secret, uh, just phone bank, just call center, and I did pretty well at that. I did pretty well. I don't know why. Something about me going, you know, if my girlfriend was wearing those, I just wouldn't be able to stop thinking about her. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and two more questions to go. We've got one from perennial favorite lady of the night, Winch of the Scullery. Hey, Jack. Hello. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for inviting us all into the birthday celebrations. You're very it's welcome. It's been wonderful to see all the beautiful women here sending you messages. And thanks to them also for being willing to share. Right. Um, I'm really enjoying listening and watching the live streams, the Patreon and the uh, Gungeon. I didn't know how aggressive you needed to be when you were playing games. Uh, my <laughs> eyes have been opened as to why I probably die pretty quickly because I don't move very fast at all. But um, gosh, it's nice and happy birthday and here's to another great year. Yes. Um, and more live streams and all, more wonderful things all ahead. Fingers I did crossed. have three questions. Okay, um, okay. You have just gotten into Europe and gotten your feet under you. I know mm -hmm. you're going to start um, doing less vacation and more work, but I wondered if there was anything while the trip was still fresh on your mind that really stood out as something surprising or an interesting story about the journey itself. Um, 
Just curious. Besides the story I told today, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, I had just this utterly wonderful experience. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I got to see not one of the wonders of the world, probably not on any top 100 landmark destinations, but I got to see a place that was significant to me and it was very quiet. Uh, it, it was on a rainy day, and I got to really sit and drink it in. I was totally alone for about 15, 20 minutes, and very light gatherings of people moving through uh, beyond that. So I got to really, really have the full impact of, wow, I'm here because I decided to be here, and this is important to me, and I got that I got that whole experience and it was rejuvenating. It really it really kind of uh, sometimes I feel like a bat who's lost and I'm just trying to scream out my echolocation and none of the sound is coming back. And this was a real the sound came back moment. Like it just it, it really solidified as hard as the actual place that it was that my choices and consequences can take me places and bring me things. And it was just a real clarifying moment. And secondly, you probably are going to get this question a lot because we seem to like <laughs> to ask you about food. But uh, since it's a birthday celebration, what would your favorite cake be, if any? <laughs> uh, I know you're not a sweets guy, but uh, if you had to choose, uh, would it be brownie or cake or... Uh, what kind of flavor? And more importantly to me, because I have some friends who do excellent, um, goofy kind of reading tea leaves by your uh, ice cream selection. So I wondered uh, <laughs> if you had to choose a kind of ice cream or gelato or whatever, um, which one would it be? Well, ice cream is the easiest because I will take a, I will have a strawberry ice cream every once in a while. I did not have any birthday cake or birthday sweets, nor did I want one. Um... If I was if I was going to eat a sweet, it's in the morning. I'll have a morning pastry every once in a while and enjoy it very much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I if if you're saying if you had to have a cake, I'd have a very simple layered chocolate cake. And then thirdly, because I think it's been a long time since, at least since I've had really a sex-related question, at Here least in comes. my memory. Um, Lean in, ladies and if gentlemen. If it's too personal, that's okay. You don't this have to. Get you don't have to answer, of course, but. Uh, since we're talking about birthdays and eating, how about what are the best things to do with your mouth? Like, what do you, um, what really feels good? What tastes good? Um, and what turns you on? Whoa. Uh, gosh, um, Whoa. thanks for sharing the last year with us and let's, let's look forward to doing more. Thank Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. I'm blown away which is a great thing to do with your mouth that feels very good. Uh, the fact that she would do a question like that, oh, I could just feel her blushing from here, couldn't you? I, uh, I'm a little confused as to if she meant what should you do to me or what should I do to a woman in general. Um, but she did ask specifically what tastes good, and the answer is pussy. I have never eaten a partner out and said no thank you. Uh, I enjoy it very, very, very much, the taste of it. What are some good things to do with your mouth? I've gotten a lot of uh, 
positive feedback over the years of simply pushing my face in uh, and using my chin maybe a little bit for penetration, if at all possible, while eating a woman out. That's, uh, that's definitely become a fan favorite. One of my favorite things to do is reach up so that my arm goes under the woman's left thigh and then the hand can wrap back around and I can tickle the clit. And that's the best of both worlds. I can squeeze her to me and then I can also play with the clit. That works out pretty well, I find, when it comes to giving a woman head. Maybe if she likes it a lot but she's a little shy about it, boom, you gotta constrict those legs and you gotta you gotta get in there. You gotta really wrench them open like it's a Herculean task in order to shut her mind off. So hopefully that answers the question. If not, you know, you can always ask me later about how to put me into your mouth. Okay, final question popping up right now. It is Olivia Nope again with just so much more clicking than necessary. Hey, Jack. Hello, Okay. So I really hate my voice, which is why I no. never submit too many questions. No. So, but because you asked, I'm going to do it. You're so sweet. Anyway, quick question. I think that everybody should have a theme song playing in their head whenever they walk in or out of a room or into a situation. My theme songs change from mood. And sure, I currently sure. have a theme song because I'm kind of just in a, I kind of want to fuck shit up space. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. What is your theme song right now? Like if you had to pick a theme song that, you know, when you walked into a room or whatever the situation is, <laughs> that's what's playing. Whether it's playing first thing in the morning or in the shower as you're getting your thoughts together, what's your theme song? Okay, that's okay. it. Have fun on your trip. Bye. Thank you so much for putting a question, especially since uh, for whatever reason you don't love your lovely voice. But I enjoyed it very much for what it's worth and i'm not just saying that right about now i'm feeling pretty good uh the way that i approach things i'm feeling uh, kind of king of the jungly and so right now i think if i had to guess my theme song would go something like a boom Give it up, give it up, give it up. That's how it starts. And if you know that song, bonus points to you guys. Okay, that actually does it for us. This has been another episode of the Nightly Pleasures podcast. I, I don't know what to say if you made it all the way here. and You don't know about my website or my Tumblr. You can find both. They're both called Grey Night Erotica. One's .tumblr, one's .com. You know how it goes. Uh, you did hear the mention to live streams. I have kind of rickshawed together a little bit of a, of a live stream situation going on, but it's not very good, and I can't play very many games yet. Uh, but I will be doing more of that when I get back home in October. Looking forward to playing Civ Six with you guys, a very slow... A very slow and easy game so I can just kind of talk to you guys in between turns and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you should definitely follow me the other places. You should definitely send in questions for next week or any other time that we hit that critical mass. And just follow me. Tweet your friends. Do everything. You know that it's going to make me happy. And as the birthday boy, you should definitely make me happy. So thank you again 
to everybody for listening. It's been a fantastic first year. Here's to an even better one in every single way for both me and you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being, in your own way, a lady of the night.